0: Welcome to the show everybody and welcome to the middle of July. Oh my goodness it is so hot right now. Um, Not that I should be surprised or anything you know I've lived here my whole life but my goodness I think we hit 106 today and maybe it's just because I'm getting older but I just I just don't want to go outside. Uh, I had to do some stuff outside today around one o'clock and It was just brutal. So, so yeah, I hope you guys are staying cool. I hope everybody's uh, nice and safe. I know we had that crazy storm. Like, I I remember checking the radar a few days ago, and there was just a storm, like, over the entire state of Oklahoma. And uh, I think, I I know I heard some reports of up to, like, 8 inches of rain, which is pretty insane. That is a whole lot. So I hope nobody got washed away or anything like that, had too much damage. I think at our place we ended up getting about three inches, which like, that's perfect to me. I can handle that. Uh, you know, it's a lot of water still, but uh, but nothing too crazy, and so I think that worked out pretty well for us. So I hope everybody who got more than that is okay and, and that uh, none of your pond dams broke or your house washed away or anything like that. So so yeah, it was nice that the entire state got some rain, even though it's smoking hot right now and probably all absorbing. But we got some rain, so that's good. That's good for everybody, including the deer. And uh, of course, I can't go, uh, go without mentioning my soybeans that got a nice three-inch rain on them. They are still looking fantastic. And uh, yeah, I, I did notice, I wanted to point this out, after that storm, my trail camera photos dropped way off for the next like two days, really. Um, so I thought that was a little weird. Like I understand like if the storm's there, uh, you know, pressure and just all that water and everything, maybe subduing them a little bit. Uh, but yeah, for like a good two, maybe two and a half days, my just total picture count went way, way down. And so I can't tell you why. Just an observation that I made. I would love, you know, if somebody's listening to this and you can tell me why, I would absolutely love to hear it. Um, but, yeah, just just an in- interesting observation that I made that I, that I wanted to tell you guys about. So, so yeah, uh, what's been up with me? Last week, I mentioned it. Uh, we did a birthday party for my daughter. She turned one. And my wife ended up going all out. We had a giant inflatable unicorn bounce house with an attached water slide. Uh, yeah, you heard that right. A bounce house with a water slide. <laughs> and so, um, my wife t- went from like, like when she was pregnant, and we found out we were having a baby. She was like, you know, I just don't see the point of having a one year party. Like the kid's not going to remember it, blah, blah, blah. And then once the baby had been born, you know, she was like two, three months old. She's like, you know, maybe we'll do like a small party for the family, you know, so they get to see her and, and open presents and stuff like that. Guys, this party last weekend, I, th- I think the final count ended up being 52 people. Um, granted, a lot of that's my family. I have a big family. Um, but we had you know, friends, uh, work friends, uh, both sides of the family there. And it turned into a giant thing. One positive, though, uh, that I was kind of surprised by but, but loved. So my wife ended up buying a bunch of just hamburger meat uh, to pat out into patties and stuff. So we did lunch. And then we found out how many people were coming, and we didn't have enough. And so she asked if I would thaw out a bunch of deer burger that we had in the freezer. So I was like, yeah, no problem, absolutely. So, uh, you, know, you know, thawed out all this venison, and we decided we were going to separate it. We, you know, we weren't trying to trick anybody or anything like that. But I just had a weird feeling just kind of from the crowd we had coming. Like, there was a lot of non-hunters and stuff there, especially her friends. And so we, I was like, hey, we probably need to keep them separate, label them. And so, like, when my family got there, I was actually asking. I was like, hey, we have beef and venison. If y'all don't mind eating venison, I just feel like, you know, most people aren't going to eat that. And so, we start, you know, serving the food and everything. And uh, I go in to check, and the venison burgers ran out, like, way, way before the beef. I actually had two or three people come up to me basically saying like, man, I missed out on the venison. I was all excited about that. And so I just want to say like, that is a win for hunters, for whitetail deer, for conservation, whatever you want to say, like people were choosing venison over beef. And so I consider that a a huge win. Like I said, especially considering that the large majority of the people there were not hunters. So just wanted to throw that little tidbit out there. Uh, So yeah, that was last weekend. Um, I don't think I've mentioned this yet. As of about 45 minutes ago, my wife left on a church trip. Uh, Again, she works in youth ministry, so they're headed down to Gulf Shores uh, to hang out down there for a while. And so for the next eight days, I am officially a single dad. So luckily, I got my uh, my in-laws close by. And uh, they're helping. They're actually keeping Hallie right now while I do this podcast. So huge shout out to them for the help. Um, So yeah, it's going to be going to be a crazy week. So bear with me (laughs) and pray for me. And uh, hopefully I can come out of this in one piece. And then, uh, yeah, let's talk about this coming weekend. Not a whole lot to say. I probably am going to head to the ranch just because why not Um, take my daughter with me. Probably gonna top off the uh, the protein feeders just because um, one of my cameras is low. I had I put brand new batteries in all my cameras except for one because it showed that it still had pretty good life left. Um, but it is <laughs> two weeks later and it's dead. And so I guess it just hadn't been you know getting that much action. Um, so yeah, I need to change the batteries in that one. Uh, Trying to decide <laughs> honestly, it's just because it's so dang hot. I still have not done a lot of like the little small picky things like. You know, leveling my blinds, changing out uh, straps on stands, stuff like that. It's just not that fun, especially when it's you know 100 and a billion degrees outside. Um, but I may do some of that stuff just because I don't have much else going on. Um, you know, now that the food plots are rocking, cameras are out. I'm trying not to you know put too much pressure. Um, luckily, most of the stands and stuff that I need to work on are not anywhere near my food plots, and so shouldn't be too mu- putting too much pressure on them. So I may do a few of those projects um i have oh gosh i don't think i'm quite ready to talk about that i have one uh thing in the works for this upcoming fall that i, I yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna hold off on it yet because it's not a sure thing so i don't want to get y'all's hopes up but uh working on some stuff for a another hunt this fall which i already have so many i don't know why i need uh, another one but i just can't get enough it's uh but yeah I'm, I'm gonna save that uh until i have some more uh for sure stuff on that so so, yeah, that's what's been going on with me. Um, great weekend last weekend. Looking forward to a weekend uh, or, you know, this upcoming weekend. And, honestly, I'm kind of excited to to get to hang out with my daughter so much. I love her. Um, yeah, it's really not that big of a burden for me to watch her. So, miss my wife, definitely, but I'm looking forward to spending time with my daughter. So, So yeah, I think that is uh, pretty much it for this intro. We have what I think is going to be a really, really good episode this week. This is one that I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, Honestly, not sure why I haven't done it yet, but I just feel like it's the right time as kind of summer's somewhat winding down, especially for kids. They're getting ready to go back to school and everything like that. And so this week, I want to really reach out to young hunters, and I'm not talking about you know, kids seven, eight, nine that are still, like, basically completely, um, you know, reliant on mom and dad or grandpa, whoever, to take, you know, someone to take them hunting. I'm really talking to kind of like the the 15 to maybe 22-ish range. Like, the people who have some freedom, don't have any money, um, you know, people who probably can't just all of a sudden take off to Idaho and go to the backcountry for two weeks by themselves, but there is still adventure to be had for people that age. And I think it's very important that they get some of that adventure type hunting in because, you know, I think part of the reason that we're losing a lot of young hunters these days is because, you know, I, I, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I think, you know, whoever takes them hunting, they want so bad for them to be involved in hunting and, and enjoy it and have fun that I think they end up making it a little bit too easy on them. And, and they don't, uh, They just don't appreciate the work and the effort that goes into, you know, harvesting an animal of of any caliber, any size, any whatever you want to say. Um, And I think that's one of the reasons that I am so passionate is because I didn't have anybody doing that stuff for me. Like, you know, I killed my first deer essentially on my own. You know, a guy from church drove me out there because I was 15 and didn't have a driver's license. Uh, But he wasn't like telling me to set up here and do this and do that. And then, you know, the next year when I had my driver's license, like, I just took off from there. Like, there was no holding me back because I could drive myself to go hunting, um, you know, very often. I wouldn't say anytime I wanted, but very often. And so... So yeah, I don't want to get into it just, you know, too much just now in the intro. I want to save it for the actual episode, but but that's what we're going to be talking about. So if you are a young person or you know a young person, have a son, daughter, whoever it is in that age group, this episode's for you. And I just really want to encourage people to get out there in the outdoors. So So yeah, that's what we have this week. We're going to hear a quick word from our partners and then we will jump into the episode right after this. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. When you're out in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, the mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit bravadowireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. Alright, so we're going to start this podcast off by stepping back in time just a little bit and I'm going to tell you kind of how I've got started and I know I talk or have talked about this a few times, but uh, just kind of a refresher in case this is somebody's first episode. So uh, I grew up in a family that, not necessarily a hunting family, my dad did a little bit of hunting when he was younger. He did take us dove hunting a lot, that was really big where I grew up and so did some bird hunting. But uh, what really kind of got me into it was honestly not getting to go hunting. So I had two older brothers, and they had a really good friend who grew up in a hunting family. They always had a lease somewhere, and and they invited my brothers out there. And one year, my older brother shot uh, a deer, and then the next year, my other brother, brother shot a deer. And so... So they got to go hunting, but me, I was just the younger brother who never got to go because I was the younger brother. And so that's kind of what started me on this wanting to kill a deer. And growing up we didn't have cable or satellite or anything, so I didn't have access to like the outdoor channel or anything like that. I I don't know why. Like all I can say is just hunting was in me. Like I just wanted to hunt. Um and you know, doing the dove hunting and stuff, that kind of fed it. I was always running around with a twenty two and shooting raccoons and possums and, and small game, stuff like that. Um, and then when I was 15, uh, my dad was actually the one that suggested it. So he had a little 33-acre place. And then on the other side of town, my uncle had a place. And both of them were, I wouldn't say either one was good deer hunting. Um, actually, his 33-acre place, I, I didn't know it at the time. I just didn't know enough. It was actually probably decent deer hunting. But I didn't have trail cameras. um, I didn't have a feeder or anything like that. I just went and sat out there a couple times in a random spot and didn't see deer. So I didn't think there were deer out there. Um, And then my uncle had that place. And that's actually where I ended up killing my first deer. Uh, Like I mentioned kind of in the intro, uh, a guy from church, he was my youth leader, uh, took me out there youth weekend when I was 15, ended up killing a deer. And so that's kind of where it got started. Well, the next year when I turned 16... Um, my dad still had that little place, but again, I just, you know, I didn't think there were deer out there. My uncle ended up selling his place where I'd shot that deer. And so I didn't get to do a lot of hunting just cause I didn't feel like I had anywhere to go. Um, I did actually end up getting to kill a deer that year. One of my good friends from school, uh, invited me to go to their place and I shot, uh, like a two year old eight point one that they probably wished I wouldn't have shot, you know, again, looking back, but you know, again, I was 16. I don't think they were upset or anything um and so the next year when I turned 17 um again it was actually kind of my dad because you know my dad knew I wanted to hunt um I don't know how he felt about it honestly you know he he was a huge football fan um a fan of us and and football was a big part of my life when I was in high school um even though I was small I I was pretty athletic and you just you know couldn't tell me no and so um, my dad kinda didn't like that hunting interfered with football or he always you know, sometimes he would think that the the hunting was taking a bigger role than football, which he didn't really like, but but he knew I liked it and so again I don't know if he necessarily encouraged me, but he didn't discourage me either. Um, <laughs> except for when my grades were bad. Uh but anyway, so I was seventeen years old, hunting season was coming up, I was talking to my dad about where I was gonna hunt and you know, my uncle had sold that place and everything and he was actually the one he's like you need to go hunt at your grandpa's place and i i you know i had been to my grandpa's place we'd go up there and hog hunt and stuff but and i'd always kind of dreamed of of deer hunting there but it was like an hour and 45 minutes away and so i just i never really thought of it as practical because like you know where would i stay um you know there was no house like my grandpa didn't live on the property he's owned it um but, you know, like I said, I'd gone up there with my friends and, and that same youth leader had taken me up there and uh, you normally we were just like spotlighting small game or hogs or whatever like I had talked about. And so, but anyway, so when I was 17, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And so that summer went up there and uh, I, I made my first ever tree stand out of two by fours. Uh, just basically found a random tree that was next to a pond where I could see a long way. Uh, made a little, you know, two by four ladder up the tree found where it branched, nailed two type two-by-fours, two, two, two you know, parallel to the ground, put a couple boards on top of it, and that was my very first deer stand. And so basically for the next, uh, well, I mean, really even more than two years, because I, I did it through college also, but those two years in high school, I would, you know, go to school all week. Friday evening, I'd play in my football game. I'd already had my truck packed, and as soon as the game finished on Friday, I would get in my truck and drive an hour and 45 minutes out there by myself, sleep in my truck, freeze to death, <laughs> uh, you know, wake up Saturday, hunt Saturday morning, Saturday evening, sleep in my truck again, hunt Sunday morning, and then drive home for school and football practice and all that. And, uh, and you know, when you're 17 years old, like driving an hour and 45 minutes to hunt, like that's that's kind of, I mean, in a lot of different ways, like that's not only dedication, but that's just a lot. Um, again, you know, I didn't have a place to stay or anything like that. Um, I was sleeping in my truck. Luckily at that time I was short enough that I could lay down in my back seat and not even touch the doors on each side. Um, I didn't have back problems or anything like I have now. Uh, so it it was just doable. Um, you know, I'd usually buy like A twelve pack of Dr Pepper, a uh, a pack of powdered sugar donuts, and then I would just like drive to town for lunch and dinner, which was not the cheapest way to do it. But I just I didn't have anywhere to cook or anything like that. It never, honestly, it never occurred to me to just like make sandwiches. Um, so I would go, you know, eat off the dollar menu at McDonald's or uh, actually I don't think there was a McDonald's there. I think it was Burger King, uh, which I'm not a big Burger King. Maybe that's uh, why not a big Burger King fan. But anyway, that's what I did all through high school. And I would go a lot. Like maybe not every weekend, but most weekends. I'd gotten a bow at that time. So I was, you know, bow hunting early season. Rifle season would come along. I'd rifle hunt. Um, And that's just kind of what I grew up doing. I I never killed anything. Um, And that's another point I want to make is I should have, but we'll get to that later. Um, So 17, 18, my last two years of high school. Did that all the time, but never actually killed anything. So then when it came time to choose a college... I chose my college based on hunting and not education. Uh, went off to the University of Idaho, and luckily for me, because I probably would have died, uh, I, I could not afford an out-of-state license the first year I was in Idaho. So uh, I was not able to hunt; I just couldn't afford the the tags, the, you know, the out-of-state stuff. Um, I still went with some buddies. You know, I just kind of walk with them, learn from them. I, you know, the whole public land thing was completely new. No idea what I was doing. Uh, and really struggled with that all the way through college. This was pre, you know, on X and all that. Um, and so, like I said, but, I, but I say it was good that I couldn't hunt because I probably would have tried to do something or go somewhere that I shouldn't have and gotten stuck. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, the next year when I was a sophomore, uh, I met my buddy Jasper, who I still hunt with today, been on the show a couple times and we kind of became buddies. We started hunting together that year and the following year. And then he was older than I was. So he graduated and the last year or two, I ended up just hunting by myself a whole lot, which probably wasn't smart. Uh, I had never killed an elk. I, you know, basically nobody I had hunted with, uh, killed an elk while I was with them. So I never, like, I did not realize what it took to pack out an elk. If I would have got an elk down by myself and I had a couple close calls, but if I would have got an elk down by myself in the back country, like, I don't know what I would have done, but I I know a lot of it would have gone to waste and I probably would have gotten in trouble. Um, So yeah, so, but all that to say, like that was just me. Like I was all about adventure. I never thought about safety. I never thought about the consequences. Even those years in high school when I was hunting by myself, I didn't know how to gut a deer. Um, You know, I had killed uh, the one when I was 15. My youth leader, he kind of knew how to do it. Like we struggled through it and got it good enough to get to the processor um, when I killed the one with my buddy, um, his dad did it for me. You know, I watched and and kind of helped, but he was also kind of in a hurry and didn't te- really teach me. Um, and so, yeah, again, you know, basically my my thinking and even going into the elk, like I had people ask me like, "Hey, what are you going to do if you get one?" And I was just kind of, like, "I'll figure it out." You know, we'll figure it out when it happens. Um, again, luckily, never had to worry about it, or unfortunately, I never had to worry about it um but again that was just my mindset like I was just so passionate and so ready like I just wanted to be out there and that's what I want to instill in the other young people on this podcast but I want to teach you guys or give you guys a few hints to help you do it way more safe uh, than I did and uh, and hopefully a little bit more successful so I'm going to go back to the high school age and uh Man, you know, so oh, so much to say. Everybody always says, like, you know, if I knew what I knew now, I could go back. Same here. Like, my, I had an awesome place to hunt, looking back, on my grandpa's place. He actually had two different places. Um, one of them was almost all ag. One of them was pasture land with, with mixed trees. And that's where I did most of my hunting. Um, looking back on it, I was an idiot. Like, I probably should have been over there in the ag ground. But that's just where there was more people, um, you know there was roads going through it and everything and I, I was just like I wanted to be alone like I you know I wanted to be be immersed in nature so that's why I stuck to the to the pasture ground uh, but I'm gonna list a few things that I did wrong so thing number one that I did wrong was I think because I was on my grandparents place myself and my parents honestly um, were too laxadaisical too like they like my parents should not have let me do what they let me do basically at that age. Um now I will say I was behind a locked gate, so you know, there wasn't fear of somebody capturing, you know, kidnapping me, robbing me, or anything like that. Like I always parked away from the road, locked the gate behind me, that type of thing. So I wasn't necessarily in danger from other people. But, you know, this was pre smartphone. I did have a cell phone at the time, but it was like the old school flip phone. Um, my parents, they, like, I, I didn't tell them where I was camping. All they knew was I was at my grandpa's place, which again, he had two different places. They never even knew which one I was at. Um, I never told them when I was coming home for sure. I rarely called them. They rarely called me to check on me again to them. I think in their mind, I was just at grandpa's place. Like there was nothing to worry about. Um, but man, if something would have gone wrong, I had terrible, you know, I was way out in the country, had terrible cell service. If something would have happened to me, it would not have been good. And so my first tip when I tell people to go out and, you know, have some of these experiences and we're talking about how, and or sorry, we will talk about how here in a minute, but uh, I want to get through this kind of safety stuff first is number one, tell somebody where you're going and tell them very specifically where you're going. Don't just say I'm going to this WMA or this person's place or whatever you know tell them hey i intend to camp at this spot my tree stand is here or blind or ground blind whatever it is is here um set a check-in time you know you don't have to do it like while you're hunting or anything like that but man a lunch time lunch time is a very easy one uh, after your hunt you know let's say it gets dark at six say hey i'm gonna check in with you at six thirty. set times to where people know they're gonna hear from you so they know that they're okay and use those smartphones to their advantage share your share your location you should probably be doing that with your parents anyway if you're in high school um but let them be able to know where you are at all times and keep your phone on you because again uh, you know i think the place that i hunted was around 400 acres but it was thick it was nasty i was usually going as far in as i could uh, away from the roads or and everything like if something would have happened to me they would not have known where to come find me. And it probably would have taken them a while. And, you know, let's say I got there Friday night and something happened to me Friday night. My parents usually didn't expect me back till Sunday afternoon. And so it would have been a long time before somebody came looking for me. So be very specific with where you're going and set a time to check in. Um, So that's safety tip number one. Um, Going back to the, the tip, you know, or, sorry, or more the experience, I should say. Um, you know, I was lucky. I had private land, you know, fairly safe uh, place to go. Um, not everybody has that, and I realize that. You can do the same type of thing on public land. You just have to be, you know, smart about how you do it. Um, make sure, you know, I would, like, especially if you're high school age and younger, um, take your parents out. To like where you're going to camp, whether it's in your truck tent, doesn't matter. Um, if you can get an actual camping area and not just you know somewhere on the side of the road, that's even better because more than likely there's going to be other people there. Um, people are used to seeing vehicles there. You're not going to have somebody knocking on your window in the middle of the night making sure you're okay. Uh, so stay, just stay in a good area. You know, make sure it's safe. Make sure it's a, a real camping area. Make somebody, make sure somebody knows where you are. And, uh, I know a lot of people today are, are playing the mobile game and wanting to move around and stuff. I I did not do that when I was 16, 17. Um, you know, I had one stand, that's where I went. And so that's where people, well, should have known where to find me. If you are, uh, trying to be more mobile, I get that. But you can still tell people where you are, you know, maybe as you're doing your preseason scouting or something like that, you know, pick out a couple different spots and make sure the people, you know, whoever it is, is going to be checking on you know where all those spots are. And if possible, tell them which one you are going to before you actually go out there to hunt. Uh, Just again, in case something happens, uh, they know where to find you. So make sure you're in a safe place where you stay. Make sure you're in a safe place where you hunt. Another safety tip I have is make sure you have at least decent gear. Now, I'm not saying you have to go out and buy super expensive clothes and stuff like that, but just make sure you can stay warm, especially if you're, you know, a gun hunter, it's end of November, more than likely it's going to be really cold. And I was never prepared when I was younger. Uh, I did a lot of hunts in Wrangler jeans and my brother's Carhartt because I didn't have very many warm clothes. Uh, you know, a lot of times I've had, I'd have like long underwear, maybe underneath my, underneath my jeans. And then usually just like a sweatshirt underneath uh, the coat. Um, I, I never had like warm boots. I would just wear like three pairs of normal socks. I didn't have like warm socks or anything like that. And I froze. And so again, like there are a lot of companies making gear right now that is pretty darn good for pretty cheap. One of the best investments I ever made in hunting gear, I think it was maybe when I turned 17, um, I hit Bass Pro on a on a big sale and I bought a, 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 a mossy oak jacket and pair of bibs for like 80 bucks and I still have them to this day. I wore them, gosh, till, till after I graduated college. Um, I wore them all through Idaho and the mountains and everything like that, brought them home and, and uh, I still, my wife usually wears them when she goes hunting. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but man, when I started hunting again, you know, I'd go up there and sleep in my truck. I'd have a super cheap Walmart, like summertime sleeping bag. Cause that's all we had. Um, again, just like regular socks, um, maybe some long underwear. Uh, I usually I'd end up waking up every two hours or so, start the truck, you know, get the heater on, get it warm in there, shut the truck off, go back to sleep. And I'd wake up shivering, you know, an hour later. Um, so just, you know, maybe ask for it for Christmas, Uh, mow some lawns, whatever you got to do, but get some half decent gear that's going to keep you warm. Um, Again, you know, like Cabela's sells insulated boots for like 60 bucks now. You know, you can get at least like 400 grams. You know, something's going to be better than just a regular leather boot. Um, At minimum, get yourself some some long johns. Uh, Again, not very uh, expensive, but they go a long way. If you can get yourself a good mid-layer, you know, like a a thinner sweatshirt that's, you know, uh, still warm, something like that. Um, one thing that I started wearing about two years ago, I, I hate wearing, uh, what a, gosh, whatever the new uh, sweatpants are called, the joggers or whatever that are real tight. You won't catch me dead out in public in those. But I actually bought a pair to wear while I'm hunting because they fit under my hunting clothes, and they just add another nice warm layer. And so... Yeah, like I said, if you can get some long johns, some kind of, you know, jogger, like thinner sweatshirt, and then a coat and bibs, you're going to be pretty well set there. And, uh, again, you can get a half-decent sleeping bag at Walmart, something that's, you know, rated better than 40 degrees. You know, if you can get down to, like, 20 degrees, something like that, you're going to be way, way more comfortable. Um, Same goes with your hunting gear. You know, if you're, again, if you're, like, uh, going on public land and stuff and you don't have a permanent stand, make sure your straps are good. If you do have a permanent stand, make sure your straps are good. Don't skip on that. Don't think you can go three or four years with the same set of straps. They're going to fade. That tree's going to grow. It's a stretch. Um, I, I, I tend to go max two years uh, on straps. And honestly, the older I get, the, uh, the more anal I am about changing those straps because I used to go you know three, four years. Um, and I actually had one pop on me one time. I got super lucky, didn't fall. Uh, but I had a strap pop on me as I was stepping onto the stain and I kind of learned my lesson. And so I never go more than two years. Uh, Part of it depends on the tree. You know, if a tree, uh, like a lot of your oaks that have real rough bark, they can wear those down uh, faster. If you're like in a smaller cottonwood, it's got the real smooth bark, you know, maybe you can last a little longer. Um, One tip on saving straps after the season's done, you can loosen them a little bit because that tree is going to most likely grow some. Um, and you can save your straps a little bit but but anyway, uh back to safety, you know, change your straps, everything like that, and don't be dumb with your weapon, especially if you're out there by yourself um if you're gun hunting, don't walk around with around in the chamber um don't walk around with your mag in or your your gun loaded at all, you know if it's dark, especially like you're not going to be shooting anything anyway. Um, unload that gun till you get a safe, get to, you know, your spot and you're safe. Um, that was another thing I was really dumb about, uh, when I was younger walking around with a loaded gun. Um, if you're bow hunting, make sure that, you know, your quiver or wherever you keep your arrows is covers like the entire broadhead. Like don't have, you know, a razor sticking out of the bottom. Make sure it's, it's, uh, like the foam is inset enough or the plastic comes down enough to where it covers your entire broadhead because you could, trip fall whatever your hand could slide up in there and uh you know if you cut yourself with a razor across your entire hand like that's going to be a bad situation especially if you're out there by yourself so i feel like i'm scaring you guys a little bit i'm not meaning to i'm just wanting y'all to be safe um as y'all get out there and do this stuff so so uh i'm probably i'll probably think of some more safety stuff along the way but i want to kind of get to uh, these hunts, just hunts that I feel like young people can still do, um, afford, have a good time with. So, um, we're very fortunate in Oklahoma that there are a lot of opportunities for different things and it is very affordable. Um, you know, you can get a bear tag for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> that is very, very, very cheap um there are several counties now in eastern oklahoma especially southeastern oklahoma that archery is just over the counter um i I believe they don't have quotas for their archery season they can shut down the muzzleloader season if they hit a certain amount during archery but there are several counties now that archery is just open um all those places have public land now if you're hunting public land bears you can't bait i'll throw that out there um but You can use terrain, you can have an adventure, you can get out there, and as a 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old young man or young woman, you can go bear hunting for $100. That is awesome to me. Um, And, you know, if you're living in the western part of the state, maybe that's too much for you to do. You know, it's four or five hours to drive all the way across the state. But in western Oklahoma, you guys have antelope, you have mule deer, um, antelope. You can get over-the-counter antelope archery tags. Very difficult hunt, uh, but it's an adventure and it's awesome and it's cheap and uh, and just the experience that you're going to have. Like I guarantee you, you won't regret it. Even if you come home empty-handed, like I said, I came empty uh, came home empty-handed all the time, but I had a blast and I kept going back because I loved the adventure. Um, you know, and. and As I say this, like I keep talking about these kind of adventure type hunts and bears and mule deer and all this stuff. You can do this same stuff just like I did with whitetails 20 minutes down the road, most likely, depending on where you live. You know, like I said, if you have, you know, a lease or grandparents place, your own place, whatever, like that's awesome. That's perfect. But there are tons of public land places. Like more than likely, if you live in Oklahoma, you are no more than two hours max from a place you can hunt deer on public land. Is it challenging? Yes. It, are you going to have a lot of success? Probably not. But you're going to learn a ton as you do that. And like I said, you're going to have a really, really good time. And so I want to transition kind of into that learning portion. Uh, again, like I said, you know, I never really had anybody to teach me about deer hunting. That's a big reason I started this podcast because I wanted to give people the education that I never got, especially young people. So hopefully y'all have learned stuff from this podcast. Um, but you guys can sit there and listen to me talk all you want to, but until you actually go out and do it, you're not going to learn. And what better time to do it when you're in high school and you don't have to pay a mortgage and you don't have to worry about feeding your children or, or you know buying your wife presents, whatever it might be, um you may be poor but like it as I keep saying like it just doesn't take that much to do this stuff. Um you know I can afford now to buy a feeder and a blind and all that stuff. But I can't just go every single weekend all weekend long like I used to because I just have more responsibility, more commitments. And so that's a big reason I want to preach on doing this stuff when you're young because you just have the time. You may feel like you're busy, But I promise you'll only get busier the older you get. And so find a place. Like I said, maybe it's 30 minutes down the road. Hopefully it's not even that far. Like hopefully you have a place 10 minutes down the road. But whatever it is, just get out there and learn. Um, I learned so many things just by pure accident. Uh, I've told the story about kind of how I learned about scent control and using the wind. Uh, I think I was 19. I was a freshman in, in college. I was home on Thanksgiving break i did have a a super cheap crappy feeder set up i had my one stand and that is the only place i hunted because that was my stand and that was my feeder and i had these two does trying to come in and the wind was terrible like the wind was basically blowing straight to the feeder but that was my stand and that was my feeder so i was hunting there had these two does trying to come in they wouldn't come in because they were smelling me they worked skirted around and went away uh that uh, that was a morning hunt I went to Walmart because I had you know, read in a magazine or something about the wind and stuff. I just never really thought it was that big a deal. And I bought uh, some baby wipes and some scent spray. Gave myself a baby wipe bath because I had just been you know, sleeping in my truck and around the campfire the night before. Um, sprayed down every single layer of my clothes. And when I went back that evening, the wind was the same, but I sat on the other side of the feeder. I just sat on the ground on a little pile of dirt. And uh, I ended up having both those deer within like 18 yards that evening. Same exact spot, same exact wind. I just had done a little bit of scent control and actually played the wind. Um, Ended up not shooting them. That's going to, again, come into another thing I want to touch on here in a minute. Uh, But I just just never would have learned that if I wasn't out there doing it. And, like, that has stuck with me to this very day. Like, I, I don't know how many times I've told that story on this podcast because it's just something that is ingrained in me now how important the wind is you have the right to the best wireless service bravado wireless provides the best mobile wireless high-speed internet latest devices and customer service at prices you feel good about bravado wireless strives to put these values first and offer you the best wireless service available see what they have to offer at bravadowireless.com or one of their retail locations in eastern oklahoma Let Bravado Wireless connect you to your family, friends, and business partners all over the world. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. So yeah, there's another lesson for you. I'm just rambling at this point, but I'm having a lot of fun. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, Another thing I wanted to touch on was something I did not do. And I've talked about this before on the podcast too, I know. Something I did not do well when I was younger was just shooting stuff like shooting deer um again like i I didn't i wasn't really raised in that hunting family so my family wasn't really used to eating deer meat like that wasn't something they craved or relied on um when i got a deer like they did eat it but it wasn't necessarily like a part of our regular diet and so i wasn't out there meat hunting i wasn't out there to shoot deer like i like i basically started trophy hunting at 17 years old which is terrible absolutely terrible um you know i and especially when i started bow hunting i think i i've mentioned on here i don't think i killed my first deer with my bow until i was like 22 23 something like that even though i started bow hunting at like 16 um and i had opportunities like i had does in range i had young bucks in range but i thought i had to kill this monstrous you know 150 inch deer and so I just passed up so many opportunities um, and it actually kind of well, I think it was actually a podcast because podcasts started getting big about the time I graduated from college and I learned a ton really, really quickly. But I remember uh, listening to somebody and they were talking about how important it was to just shoot deer so that when that big buck did get in front of you, you had some experience, you know, it wasn't like your first time. And that was exactly what was happening to me. And so that season, I shot my very first deer. It was a doe. It was like the first week of the season. And uh, it got light. I had a doe under me, like 18 yards, shot her, perfect shot. Uh, And it just gave me that confidence. And I think I ended up, I don't think I ended up killing a buck with my bow until the next year, Uh, but I'd killed another doe. And so by the time I actually drew back on a buck, I'd at least spilt some blood and it wasn't a monster buck that I was getting, you know, crazy nervous about. Um, But just... Uh, just, yeah, like having that experience. And I think I mentioned all, like, I didn't know how to get a deer. Um, <laughs> the first deer, I'm trying to think of the first deer I gutted by myself. Um, I would have been, I didn't kill a deer 17, 18. I think the, well, actually, so the first deer I somewhat gutted by myself. I was 19, but it just so happened. My, uh, my youth leader that had taken me on when I was younger, he was in town uh, he had moved away, but he was in town and he just so happened to be with me. And so he kind of helped me through it and, you know, kind of made me do it this time. Cause I told him I didn't know how. Um, and so I guess it would have been the next year, uh, when I actually had to get my own deer, but I, man, I would have been like 20 by that point. Um, so yeah, just that stuff, uh, you know, learning about deer, learning about behavior, learning about the wind, uh, learning how deer react to, movement uh, you know when to draw your bow when to pull your gun up when to open your window if you're in a blind like there's just so many tiny little things that I think people my age uh, kind of take for granted because they've kind of you know been there done that they know what to look for they know to take it easy they know when to move but you can only learn that stuff through experience and so um, yeah just highly highly encourage you now once you get up into that college age you know that 18 to 22 range. Um, I very much say, you know, get out of state. Um, go do something fun, even if it's just one state over. You know, if you're in Oklahoma, like, you know, I feel like I have people on the time from northern Oklahoma, and Kansas is just a regular thing for them because they're right there. Go to Kansas if you're in southern Oklahoma. Go to Texas. That's a lot harder to do because there's not near as much uh, public land. Um, go to Arkansas. Go go mule deer hunting New Mexico. Something like that. Um, Start spreading your wings a little bit. And again, there's a very good chance you're going to fail. Um, I knew absolutely nothing about elk when I started elk hunting. Uh, Again, there wasn't podcasts. There wasn't like YouTube videos teaching you how to do all this stuff. What few YouTube videos there were were like primos where they were on these big private ranches and the elk would just come running into about five feet and they'd shoot them. Um, You know, we didn't have guys like the hunting public and whitetail adrenaline, like all these people who are entertaining yes but very very educational at the same time and so uh and again like you know you're getting a little bit more expensive there but you're having you know you're kind of out on your own at that point like you know if you're 20 years old and mom and dad are telling you that you can't go do something obviously you want to respect their wishes Uh, But at the same time, like, you're kind of an adult, and so don't make mom and dad mad. I'm not telling you to go against your parents. Please don't do that. Please don't tell them I said that. Um, But you just have a little bit more responsibility, and especially if you're, you know, kind of paying your own way, paying for the tag, paying for the gas and everything like that. Um, It's very doable, especially if you you know pack a cooler with lunch meat and stuff and eat cheaply if you sleep in your truck or maybe get a camper shell or a tent even like uh, tents are not that expensive get you a tent or something and just go just get out there um pay attention to all those safety tips even as you get older you still need to be safe Uh, I'm not going to lie, I was on some public land just last year as a 33-year-old that made me a little uncomfortable, and I ended up not going back, Uh, just kind of the neighborhood around it. Um, But you can find those places where you feel comfortable, uh, and you can have a really good time and still be really safe. And one thing I want to throw out there, even as I talked about how you're getting older and, and doing your own thing, all that safety stuff at the beginning still applies. Tell people where you're at use your smartphone, let people track you set times to check in. That's something I'm still bad at. Um, now, you know, if I'm hunting private land, my brother lives on the property. Uh, he knows where all my stands are and everything like that. Um, but one thing I haven't done, I I haven't been good about like checking in with him, like telling him, Hey, uh, you know, I'm done hunting or going hunting, anything like that. Now he usually sees me leave. And so that is comforting, but I do need to be better about, uh, you know listening to my own advice and, and doing the whole check-in thing. Um but yeah, I just uh I would love if if any of you guys listening to this have some questions or concerns, please feel free to reach out to me. But the big thing I want to get across is just have your own adventure and you know there's there's just really not any excuse not to. Um Gosh, what's a a, a regular license and deer tag in Oklahoma? I want to say is like forty bucks or something for both. Uh, that is so cheap. Um, most places, you know, on the WAs and stuff. Most a lot of the camping's free or maybe like thirty dollars or something like that. Um, tags are cheap. Travel, well, you know, travel's not as cheap as it used to be. But but if you're sleeping in your truck or whatever or a tent, all you got to pay for is gas. You can do it pretty darn cheap. So. I'm trying to figure out if I if I missed anything. Um safety's a big deal. Getting out there is a big deal. Gear is a, a pretty decent deal. Um you know one thing that I I thought of when I was talking about the gear, um I remember Stephen Renella talking about kind of the same thing with the gear about how like you don't need as much gear as you think you do. It's nice, yes, but you don't need it. And uh he talked about the first sheep hunt he went on in Alaska, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure he wore army boots that he'd gotten at a uh, army surplus store. You know, he didn't have some pair of $500, $600 crazy awesome insulated boots. He was wearing used army surplus boots. And so, it, could it suck? Yes. But is it doable? Also yes. So, All right, I am probably just rambling at this point, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. But uh, please, like I said, if you're a younger person listening to this and I, and I struck a nerve, feel free to reach out to me. I would love to help you in any way possible. And again, the big thing is just get out there. Try it. Even if you fail, eventually things are going to work out. Like you're going to learn. You're going to get better. And every year it's going to get a little bit easier and you're going to gain a little bit more knowledge. So, All right. I'll shut up now. That's all I got. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I'm just going to do the outro right here. Um, thank you guys for supporting this podcast. I know it's the dog days of summer. Things are going to be picking up before you know it. Uh, velvet season is in full swing. Got a lot of cool bucks running around that I'm enjoying watch grow. <laughs> I just sneeze. Definitely time to go. All right. Love you guys. See you guys. and Until next week, I will see you all right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast.